0: you are listening to the advanced colorado rundown colorado's conservative podcast providing insight and thought-provoking discussions on colorado's most critical policy issues let's join michael fields for today's edition
1: We are back with another edition of the Advanced Colorado Rundown. I'm Michael Fields, and today uh, we have the privilege of being joined by two uh, Common Sense Institute uh, employees, people that are very smart in policy. Uh, Chris Brown with with CSI Colorado is the VP of Policy and Research, and then Glenn Farley, the uh, CSI Arizona Director of Policy and Research. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
1: Yeah, thank well, you, Michael. You guys put out a report that basically, uh, you know, contrasted some of the economic situations, policies in, in Arizona and in Colorado uh, called A Tale of two, of two States. And I kind of was just wondering why you thought comparing Arizona and Colorado made a lot of sense. Obviously, you have CSI footprints in both areas, but why did these two states make sense to compare? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And, um, um, you're right that there were just practical
2: reasons that this was an easy comparison given, given the past research that Chris and his team in Colorado had already done. But, uh, that would be of no value if there wasn't a story there, if there wasn't an interesting comparison. So let me start by going back in time, how this report even even came to us and what what the Arizona Chamber of Commerce brought to our attention is that other states California for example being the the real template that they latched onto do something that they call a job killers report and so so these states annually look at usually via their chambers of commerce legislation that was introduced at their capitals and ultimately not enacted and what might have happened had that been enacted and Arizona has sort of taken it for granted four years, that certain pieces of legislation will be introduced. It's an annual exercise in their introduction, and they'll go nowhere. Um, but the, the question was, should we be taking it for granted that that legislation will never be enacted just because it has never been enacted? And what might happen were it enacted? And so that's sort of the impetus for the creation of this story. It's pure coincidence, in fact, that once we started diving into the specific bills, the specific policy issues, we discovered that they're not unique to Arizona they seem to be shopped around nationally in many, many states, including neighboring Colorado. And neighboring Colorado has started enacting them. There was some sort of break that occurs in and around, let's say 2016 to 2018 in the state of Colorado, where it goes from, like Arizona, introducing but not necessarily moving or considering some of these particularly destructive job-killing bills to to suddenly passing one, two, three, four, five, a session. Um, and so then the question was, Are there consequences? Does this stuff really matter? And sure enough, we can compare pre- and post-Colorado job growth and economic growth trends. And Colorado, for years, enjoyed faster growth, in fact, than neighboring Arizona, but roughly similar comparable. Since about 2019, job growth in Colorado has slowed by a factor of about 60%. Relative to its pre-2019 trends, and and uh, it looks like that pace of slowing, you might attribute it to to one-time temporary disruptions in 2020 and 2021 due to the pandemic. But it looks like that pace of slowing is persistent and consistent. Arizona, on the other on the other hand, weathered the same trends during the pandemic, but sped up coming out of them, and is only going faster now relative to Colorado since. And what's changed in Arizona relative to Colorado? Since 2019, we really see it as the enactment of things like the Colorado Climate Action Plan, the Colorado Family Leave Program, and other similar uh, pieces of, of job-killing legislation.
1: Yeah, so you brought up, you know, kind of the pandemic and, and sort of this reset, you know, post-2019. Obviously, the pandemic was a little bit later. Um, I guess what the, the two trajectories, you know, besides some of those bills that you just mentioned, like what what is the, making that biggest difference between, uh, you know, the path that Arizona is going down the path that that Colorado is going down. And, you know, you mentioned some of these bills that aren't passing, but are are brought up every year. I guess what's what's some of the scariest ones that you see, uh, you know, on the horizon or could pass in Arizona?
2: All great questions. So so I'll start by addressing the first, you know, what's really been part of the miracle growth trend, at least in Arizona from and after the pandemic is manufacturing. So manufacturing was doing well between 2017 and 2020, but really accelerated out of the pandemic. And and we see this is a lot of shifting of economic activity, particularly from California into Arizona. Famously, there are Intel, Taiwan Semiconductor, now an LG battery plant, all being constructed in uh, Northern Phoenix areas. Um, But there are other smaller manufacturers, uh, other footprints that are smaller in scale compared to these plans that have really driven a manufacturing surge in job growth. Colorado, for its part, where we see a lot of the slowdown. And I'll let Chris kind of uh, confirm or add some additional color if there's anything I'm missing here. But what I saw in the data was a lot of slowdown in the mining and natural resources jobs in Colorado since from and after 2019. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think a lot of the legislation that you guys have enacted since 2019 on climate, the environment, things like that has, has focused in particular on that specific industry. So actually, you know, Arizona doesn't have natural resource base. We have copper mining, but it's relatively small. We don't have a comparable natural resource base at all to Colorado. Our mining and natural resource job growth since 2019 and since 2020 has been faster than Colorado's, which is really quite remarkable when you think about it.
1: Yeah, Chris, can you uh, talk a little bit about the sectors, uh, whether that's energy sector, uh, manufacturing in Colorado, kind of what has been going on over the last you know, half decade or so when it comes to those, you know, large, large sectors, or or at least used to be in Colorado? And what kind
3: of impact does that have? Well, if you, if you rewind, you know, past past five years, half decade, as you put it, certainly there's been a major disruption in a lot of Colorado's natural resource sectors, some of that's global. uh, But, you know, I think the point of this conversation, and I think the point of Glenn's work, uh, and something we've, we've talked about you know pretty routinely is that ultimately policy matters here and and what we've seen change both in legislation and through regulation is created this this aggregate you know new web of, of regulatory challenges and burdens that businesses face on top of it you know something we haven't touched on exactly but uh, is that there's also been a slowdown relative slowdown in some of the housing construction and constraints on housing uh, that Arizona did not see in the same way we' we've seen here in Colorado that's influences the cost of living and 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 the likes to your the the, the fascinating point that really jumps out the page when you look at this post 2020 recovery, if you will is that 60% of the net job growth so job growth netting out some of the sectors that have lost but when you look at the net job growth 60% in colorado has been in professional and technical services these are accountants lawyers you know sort of white collar uh, service related jobs that kind of is is pretty staggering when generally maybe 15% of all jobs are in professional services. Now it accounts for over 60% of our growth. Uh, and really what that means is that these, these sectors such as manufacturing around natural resources that have very large supply chains and large value added and a lot of heavier industry are just not coming back and not growing in Colorado the same way they have historically. So to me, that that's a just a staggering sectoral look, but the but so I, I know I can talk a little bit more there. But I think the, the the bigger picture is that unfortunately we have a little bit of a natural experiment where the 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 issues that we've raised in some of our reports over the last three to four years, looking at aggregate costs of pending legislation of past legislation, you know, we just highlighted in some work from our free enterprise fellow Lang Syas just a month or two ago that looked at some of the aggregate costs of recent bills in the area of employment and labor law and energy, you know, adding over $2 billion in annual costs as our net in migration has slowed significantly. We've lost relative to our pre 2020 baseline about 70,000 people Uh, down 70,000 people in Colorado relative to that pre 2020 baseline, whereas states like Arizona and others have actually accelerated or seen faster growth and retained in migrants through over the last couple of years. So there's, there's a lot going on, but these trends are concerning.
1: Yeah. And I think the interesting thing, and, and you kind of, it's a beneficial study for both states, given that like Arizona is like, Hey, if you go down this path, this is what the outcome will be don't do that. And you're in Colorado, you're like, look, another state is doing it this way, and they're being successful. Why don't we try to to do that? Um, you know, one stat that, that really jumped off uh, the, the page to me was, uh, you know, in the last few years, it said if Arizona did uh, what we did in Colorado, the economy would be 2.6% smaller. Um, that is a huge amount of, of money, um, you know, and in, in GDP. I think, you know, and something else that you pointed out that, that I noticed was, in 2011 right so we're talking about 2019 and kind of the last few years but in 2011 in arizona they kind of went down this path uh with the jobs bill that they that they had and i guess glenn can you talk a little bit about kind of those early uh changes that set up the stage for you know this kind of uh expansion in 2019 and since then that we've been seeing
2: yeah 100 so so uh way back in time 2011 this is coming out of the great recession, right? And there's, this is where I think many states began to consciously choose to court or, or cultivate a pro job, pro growth policy. And Arizona's version of that was the Arizona jobs field. So that made a, a variety of, of regulatory changes, tax law changes, things like that. But its stance was decidedly pro business. So I'll give you some concrete examples. It reduced the corporate income tax rate it changed what kind of income corporations were taxed on to specifically target uh taxes to their sales and not taxes on their capital investment and labor force investment. The idea being that if an Intel sells a lot of stuff outside of Arizona, but produces that stuff in Arizona, it would have a relatively lower tax liability than if it did the inverse, if that makes sense. I mean, there's also property tax reform, business side, commercial property tax reform. The reason I highlight these things is these are all politically diff- difficult, right? It's It's politically challenging to sell a reduction in corporate income tax rates, challenging to sell any change that's going to favor businesses, particularly if we're talking property tax side, there's always the risk or the allegation that property tax reductions on one payer increase property taxes on someone else. So they consciously chose to take on the risk of increasing, for example, property taxes on residential payers in exchange for reduced property taxes on business payers. The idea being theoretically, that that would yield dividends in terms of future growth, future wealth, and future prosperity. So that's 2011. And sure enough, we see that around 2011, Arizona's manufacturing growth begins to accelerate. And then 2017, the federal government enacts its version, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which in many ways mirrors changes that began at the state level in states, not just Arizona, but many states, but bills like the Arizona Jobs Bill from 2011 mirrors at the federal level incentives designed to encourage investment and repatriation of manufacturing activity in particular in the United States and we see US manufacturing growth take off after 2017 compare all of this to Colorado which in 2019 begins as we've talked about to go down a different path a different a different uh, direction if you will which is that that uh uh maybe growth isn't the first goal maybe maybe worker welfare or environmental welfare these other things are the first goal and then we see the consequences thereof so there are choices and there are consequences. And and I think the trick is knowing kind of in terms of, of dollars and cents, those consequences helps us make informed decisions. Clearly, there's value in having a clean environment or or strong worker welfare protections. But I think there's often a lot of discussion about those values, those benefits, and not a lot of discussion of the costs. And our paper helps illuminate some of those costs. And now you guys can decide ex post, you know, is Colorado that much cleaner? If you will, then Arizona—that—that
1: that, as you said, a three percent smaller economy is worth that trade. Yeah, Chris, um, I wanted to ask you about. There's like 13 bills that are highlighted that are job killing bills in Colorado. You named a couple of them, some of the bigger ones. Didn't know if you wanted to get into any more of them, but you know, one thing that was just brought up in the in the uh, the jobs bill in Arizona was property tax relief, and we've known, you know, one of our favorite subjects right now. But uh, we've known that you know corporate. Uh, taxes or corporate property tax on on the commercial side is just, you know, been a burden for many years now. And then you add on all these other regulations, all these other, you know, taxes and fees and everything else that it becomes a lot. So I don't know if you wanted to comment any on the property tax side or any of these other of the 13 bills uh, that, you know, you really saw as job killing bills in Colorado.
3: Well, I guess I don't, I don't need to maybe feature one in particular, but what's, what jumps out to me is, really just the number. I think one thing you consistently hear is the pace of change, the pace of regulatory change, the, the, the amount of uncertainty that's created in the, in this legislation uh, that is authorized and uh, and I think that has created a lot of the, the costs and burdens and and frankly some of the, the decisions of those manufacturing industries and companies that have said, look, we're willing to invest in an area uh Because they have certainty they 're not willing to do that as much in in Colorado, so it 's just as much the sheer number as it is the fact that um, uh, any one of these you know has trade offs has costs has benefits but it 's really the sheer number and volume and the and the pace of change that is pretty is quite different from the history in in Arizona.
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, this is just, you know, you look even in this post pandemic, you know, what's happening in Arizona, what's happening in Utah over the last, you know, Texas is like, if you add all these things up, right. And the pace, how quickly it's happening and how much is being put on businesses. It's hard to see, you know, why, you know, they don't choose to go one state over or start their business there and I think that's unfortunate. Obviously, Colorado, you know, has for a long time had a strong economy. I think partially because we do keep some of this government spending under control. Um but that looks like, you know, it is quickly eroding and I'm glad you guys are putting this information out so people can see it and say is this the decision we want to continue doing? We still, you know, can pull back on some of this stuff. We can still stop, we can slow that pace etc. So I appreciate you doing this. I think what I would like to do for for the last part here is just have each one of you kind of give the biggest lesson or the thing that you would want people to know from this study. Then we'll send them to the study to read it for themselves. But what's the biggest lesson as you were going through this research, or or Chris, as you were looking at it, you know, the research you've been doing in Colorado, what's the big takeaway?
2: Chris, why don't I let you take that first, since you were sort of a consumer of it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, well, my, my takeaway is that it's it's really hard to hear Glenn talk poorly about Colorado. That is really the <laughs> the challenge. It's one thing, I have to admit, Michael, it's one thing when we do the work and we come up with the analysis and say, look, Colorado's on a bad trajectory, and we say it, and, the, and, and, and it, it doesn't feel quite the same when someone out from Arizona says it, and you're like, oh, actually, that hurts a little bit more. So yeah. that was a big takeaway for me, to be honest with you uh but that aside i think the 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 challenge as i see it is really in the rooms that are making the decisions to to bring forth this legislation and and pass it the extent to which these considerations of of additional costs are are not fully being considered i think the the big takeaway from our work has been how hard it is to to get to this level of understanding how policy is impacting colorado when you're very focused on a single issue Mm -hmm. because we get very caught up in and, and this is the nature of our work but caught up in analyzing one bill or one particular piece of policy and and while that matters and you have to do that and have to get it right i think you can kind of miss the forest through the trees when you're doing that and, and not recognize that, look, it's really about the aggregation. It's about this, this cumulative effect, this growing uncertainty, the pace of change on the regulatory side that is, that is driving up uh, the cost of doing business and the cost of living that, that matters. So it's, I think it's just elevating that awareness is really critical and, and important and it stings that people in Arizona now know that, but uh, but I think for me that's that's what the you know the message I try to get across.
1: Glenn,
2: I would echo Chris's perspective. I think my perspective on it, frankly, was very similar. It, it's you know I believe policy matters. Obviously, it's the job that I do. Uh, it's the job that I did, and that is the job I will always do. So I'm not surprised that policy matters, but it's still surprising to me when we put this together, rather than talk about individual one-off policies, which is a lot of the work that we and other think tanks do when you kind of put it together holistically, it still surprises me. And so so I was shocked just by the scale of the differences in the relative growth rates due to some of the policy decisions. But I'd say the other thing that stood out to me is is... It's true that you should not and cannot take for granted that that these 67 so-called job killing bills that our Arizona chamber identified won't ever be enacted just because they haven't been enacted. Because uh, uh, you see the same bills introduced in state after state and neighboring Colorado has introduced at least 13, just the ones that we could identify that are remarkably similar to bills that were introduced in Arizona that have been enacted and moved just in the past half decade or so. So I think the big lesson here is is um, the bills are being introduced with the intent to enact them. We've seen them enacted elsewhere, and uh, and so they should be regarded as serious contenders, serious policy contenders, and not throwaways.
1: Well, thank you uh, both for for giving us this information. You know, Chris and I we're going to stay in Colorado and make sure things uh, get on track because I heard it was one hundred and fifty degrees for six straight months in Arizona, so we're going to pass on moving. Uh,
2: that, might, that might be old information. I think it's even hotter now. I kid.
1: Um, where can people go to to read this study? Uh, which CSI website, and can you send them to it? Yes, absolutely.
2: They should go to commonsenseinstituteaz.org. Study title on our website is Protecting Arizona's Economic Competitiveness, though I like the way you characterize it, the tale of two states. Um, but they can find it on our website under the Jobs with the Ballot Issues he- heading with that title.
1: All right. Well, thank you both. We'd love to have you back on uh, as we continue to look at policy in, in general as a whole and uh,
3: appreciate your time.
2: Thank you. Thank All you, right.
3: Michael. My only my takeaway now is that maybe the heat is the only thing we have going for ourselves so we'll have to factor that into our next set of uh, reports. Let's but thank it. you very much. You get a Michael. boost for Colorado
1: it. for uh, the right. weather and mountains. So appreciate <laughs> your guys' time. You're above water, literally. and figure We'll be back with a, another episode of the Colorado Rundown.
0: You've been listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, brought to you by Advanced Colorado, the conservative thought leader, driving dialogue and solutions to Colorado's most critical policy issues. Find them at advancecolorado.org